Hello, peacekeepers, and welcome back to another episode of Freaky Fridays. It's literally two in the morning, and your girl is tired, but I'm always tired, so you know, it's just a part of who I am. Today, in case you couldn't tell by the title, we are going to be discussing the Chris Watts case. And this case is going to be, it's a lot. So here is your disclaimer, because I'm pretty sure you guys are probably going to need one for this. It's sad, it's horrible, it's honestly terrifying that somebody could snap in this way, and honestly, he's garbage. And a lot of the kind of interviews type documentary stuff I've seen really spend a lot of time talking about him as like this person like this dad a worker blah 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 and they make it seem like he's not this horrible monster when they really need to be painting him as this evil guy in my opinion because that's what he was and what he did was inexcusable and I feel like because he was such like a kind of white suburban picket fence type guy that people are trying to give him a lot of leniency but honestly I don't care (laughs) um if you're a horrible person who does who does (laughs) wow it's like anyway who does horrible things then you know people should treat you as such but here we go you guys And for anybody who is wondering where you could find the documentary that I watched on him, this one was really well, um, really well put put together well. And um, it's on YouTube. So all you have to do is search like Chris Watts documentary or Chris Watts case. And it will come up on YouTube in case you were wondering where you can find it. So the documentary begins with Shannon Watts in a video talking about how she met Chris on Facebook and then she like accepted his friend request thinking they were never going to be anything and then eight years later they have two kids together. We are then shown a video of Shannon revealing to Chris that she is pregnant with their third child. And I don't know if it's just me or if it's because I know what he's done, but he just seems like a sketchy guy kind of all around. Like if I were to see a video of him like that and the way he acted, I'd be like, nah, that guy's fake. Like, (laughs) I don't know if it's just me or if it's just because I know what he's done. So I'm already corrupted by the idea that he's a monster, which he is, but When she reveals to him that she's pregnant, he seems fake happy, if that makes sense. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, that's great. And it just doesn't seem like he is excited for it. We then hear a 911 call being made. Shannon's friend Nicole has made the call to the police saying that she's worried about her friend and that she wants to do a wellness check. The police show up and Nicole tells the cops that they were on a business trip and she had just dropped her off at her house at about two in the morning. Nicole said that Shannon wasn't feeling well and she had an appointment that morning at nine o'clock. She claims that throughout their whole trip, Shannon was really distraught and she wasn't really eating or drinking. Keep in mind, she is 
15 weeks pregnant at this point and being distraught and not eating correctly while you're pregnant not that I would know I'm not a mom but I've seen people do it and it's not really the most healthiest thing that you could be doing when you're pregnant or really at any time at all. She says that Chris told her that him and Shannon were separating but Shannon had just thought that they were having issues like you know everybody has issues but he supposedly had told her that they were separating the night she got home. She called Chris and she called Chris and told him that Shannon wasn't answering her phone. Her car was still in the driveway and her shoes were still by the front door. And can we just take a moment to really appreciate how good of a friend Nicole is? Like she was on that shit not even like five hours later and she already shows up to her house worried about her calling texting calling the cops like she knows what's up normally people are like eh, if they don't call me back and like if I don't call somebody back in like a week ain't nobody worried about me because they know I'm probably sleeping so if I ever came up missing I would be gone for a hot minute but Nicole is on her shit so she's a good friend and she needs to be praised for that they were then able to get into the house and the call, the cops called Chris to ask if he had seen Shannon. And of course he says like, no, I haven't seen her. Last I heard that, you know, she was going to be off doing whatever it is that she did. Chris then arrives and he looks very nonchalant. Like he's not even slightly worried about what's happening. Like he's kind of just floating through the situation. He says the girl's blankies are gone. The blankies that they sleep with and take everywhere are gone. And I want you to remember that line because it's be going to become really significant later on. And so just keep in mind of how fucked up this dude is because out of everything that he could have noticed was gone or said to the police was gone. He chose this despite what it was that had happened to these girls. So they are looking around the house and they find her wallet, her phone, her keys. They notice that nothing's gone except the master bedroom had no bed sheet. And then Chris finds her wedding ring. Chris tells the police that the last time he had heard from her, she was going to a friend's house. But you can tell that he's making up the story as he goes. He's a horrible liar and you can really see it. Everything he's doing is so fake and he's putting on a hell of a show. And I think I forgot to mention that this documentary is kind of very chilling, I should say. Because you are watching as it happens in real time. Like there's a was a body cam on one of the cops and then they had one of those doorbell security cameras. So you can see everything going down as it happened, which is so scary to me because like seeing actual footage of just everything, of seeing how fucked up he was during the situation, like just looking like he didn't care. Like he was just nonchalantly floating around and it's ugh, he just makes me so mad I'm so frustrated with this case so a friend had arrived and they tell the cops that Chris and Shannon's neighbor had a camera system that may help out the cops in this situation so they go over to the neighbor's house to look at the footage and find that at 5 17 a.m chris is loading up his truck 
before the police leaves the neighbor's house, the neighbor states that, quote, Chris is not acting right at all. We then see a news clip of Shannon's story. And, you know, I'm not trying to be a cunt because this is going to sound very fucked up. But this story blew up fast. And that usually never happens unless it's a beautiful, white, higher-than-middle-class woman. And I know that's fucked up to say. I'm sorry. Rest in peace. But I don't think that this would have blew up as much as it did or the police wouldn't have acted as fast as they did had it been anybody else. We then see a police body cam and the cop is asking a cute little old neighbor questions and she tells him that she saw an unknown gray truck a few days prior. She says that she saw Chris's truck leave at 5:15 in the morning with the lights off. We then see footage of Chris loading up his truck with multiple items and he goes back into the house inside and outside back and forth 3 times. We then learn that it took more than 50 minutes for him to load up that truck that his truck that morning. So that seems a little suspicious to me. We are then shown the footage of Chris taking a lie detector test and the lady who is giving him the test straight up tells him like you're a shitty liar so I wouldn't recommend that you lie. We then skip to an interview with the woman that Chris has been seeing behind Shannon's back. She states that he didn't wear a wedding ring and that she didn't know he had kids until much later. She found out that his wife was pregnant through the articles and told the cops that if he could lie about that, what else could he be lying about? And that's when she suspected that his wife was in danger. And then the documentary kind of like jumps back and forth between the interview of Chris's ex-girlfriend and Chris taking a lie detector test but we then learn that he did not pass the polygraph test and then when he is confronted about failing the test he starts crying of course you know crocodile tears asking to speak with his dad who flew across the country to be there with him he then tells his dad like I don't want to protect her she killed the girls and then I killed her so he came up with another lie that supposedly Shannon had killed the two babies and then he killed her in a fit of rage so not only has this monster murdered his entire family but he is disrespecting them even after death by making up more lies instead of owning up to the piece of shit that he is we then skip to a bit of footage of the police finding evidence we then learn that chris is arrested for suspicion of murder and then shortly after Shannon's body was found. In court, Chris looks very empty and evil. There's no expression on his face. He is just sitting there like waiting, hoping to get it over with so that he doesn't have to be there anymore. That's basically what he looks like. So Shannon's dad, mother, and brother gave a statement and Chris's lawyers honestly showed more emotion than piece of shit Chris did. And Even the judge was tearing up, but Chris is just sitting there with his head down, shaking his foot, like, hoping that he can get out of there fast. No emotion from him, nothing. Chris's parents also gave a statement, and I have a lot of empathy empathy for them because I feel 
so bad for them. Like, it's not their fault that their son is this monster. And not only did they lose their grandkids, but they lost their daughter-in-law as well. You know, and now they're losing their son because he's probably going to get life in prison. So I just have a lot of empathy for them. Like, pobrecitos, is not their fault. We learned by a statement given by the defense that Shannon was choked to death and both baby girls were smothered. There was evidence found that baby Bella had fought back. So we also learned that they were smothered with their own blankets. And remember how I had said that while they were first searching his house, Chris had said like, oh, their blankies are gone or whatever. He smothered them with those blankets and then that bitch had the nerve to bring up the fact that the blankets weren't there when he knew damn well he smothered them with them. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, ooh, it it infuriates me. I don't even have words for it. We also discovered that Shannon had been pregnant with a baby boy. He packed their bodies into his truck and drove them out and he buried Shannon and the baby in a shallow grave. Bella and Celeste were thrown into an oil tank. They were shoved through an eight-inch hatch on the top of the oil tank. While the defense is giving the statement, he talks about how we need to stop and think about all the cops, autopsy technicians, and the poor people who were called to pull the bodies of these poor babies out of the oil tanks. We learned that while Shannon was sending him marriage marriage advice, like she was sending him books on how to save their marriage and stuff, he was texting his girlfriend, looking at vacation spots, looking at jewelry for her and places to take her while Shannon is fighting so hard to save their marriage. And we then learned that Shannon's family had fought really hard to make sure he didn't get the death penalty because he could have but they said that it wasn't their right to decide whether he lives or dies and honestly that is so beyond me that is so grown up and on I can't even understand how somebody is able to be that grown as a person I guess because if it was up to me I'd be like okay kill him because I'm full of rage and hate, but to be so, I don't even know what what word would even describe it, but to be so, like, merciful, I guess I should say, ooh, that takes so much power. I give them so much props because I would have let them kill him, honestly. Chris's verdict was guilty He got three consecutive life sentences plus 40 years as well as there was like a charge for um, him dealing with the bodies after they were, after they passed away. So it was like 12 years for every single body. The fan in my room just turned on and I forgot to turn it off. I'm sorry. But so 12 years times three I'm not sure if they counted the baby so it could have been times four but anyway he got three consecutive life prison sentences without the possible without the possibility of parole 
it ends with the mon- with a montage of the girls and Shannon and she just looks like she was a good ass mom you know somebody who was very attentive with their kids she was in one of the videos she's talking about how she's gonna enroll one of them in dance and gymnastics and you just see her being very active with them and honestly it breaks my heart because how can somebody like if you're so unhappy with your life just get a divorce you don't have to go and fucking kill your whole family just so you can get a fresh start however even though it's this in this documentary this is all we get on february 18th 2019 they did do an interview with chris where he tells more details about the case and it's like a whole two and a half hour interview but honestly there's just something about this man that not makes me want to give him another minute of my time I'm always so frustrated with these cases, but this one kind of frustrated me more because how are you going to be so fucking selfish that because you want to run away with the Sancha that you are going to go and kill your family, you know, just fucking leave and get the fuck over yourself. Anyway, I'm sorry that this was so kind of everywhere. (laughs) It's literally two in the morning, you guys, and your girl is delusional I'm always delusional but now I'm just a little bit more delusional and sleepy but as always thank you for listening I hope you stay peaceful stay passionate and that you are staying safe remember that we are on Twitter and Instagram at passions or peace podcast if you would like to support the show we are on Patreon at passions or peace podcast Please, 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 if you could do me a favor, do not forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are able to rate podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Give me some feedback. Give me some requests. You could also send me a Gmail at passionsorpeace at gmail.com. And let's see, my personal snap is Cindy Maria 1116 And you can find my personal Instagram through the podcast Instagram. And I think that's everything. So have a good night. Enjoy this episode. And I will see you in the next one. Bye.